0: So, hello and welcome. My name is Steve DeBell and today I'm speaking with Emma Hart on Invoking the Muse, Living Your Authentic Mythic Story. Now, Emma has uh, a background in journalism. She was a high-profile reporter in New Zealand presenting current affairs and entertainment programs on national TV. She went on to run her own business working with CEOs, politicians and celebrities, training them to work more effectively within the media environment. And she works in the corporate world, helping leaders tell their authentic story. She also coaches people very excitedly for TED Talks and really helps empower women leaders through storytelling. Her her website is www.hpmedia.com. Hi, Emma.
1: Hey, Steve! Great to chat with you again.
0: Yeah, great to chat with you. Now I know you've got an amazing story because you've gone from this high-powered, you know, journalism, uh, TV, and and all of that, and then you've switched into the corporate world, and now you're kind of working more with storytelling and TED talks. Can you just say something about your journey?
1: Yeah, I mean, my it's been. it's kind of been a natural progression, but it hasn't been without its its kind of trials and its its um, its tribulations. I'm sure. I I started out newspapers and, and magazines. I started out as a as a journalist, pretty much because I had this this curiosity, and I and I came from a household where my voice uh, there was no place for my voice. Mm. So I grew I grew up uh, in my own head a lot, and I had nowhere to put these questions about life and about meaning and about my significance in in all of that. And and thankfully, I I found journalism, which was the perfect place to be able to find out about life through other people's stories. Right, mm. because you're given this amazing. Um, sort of remit, go out and, and talk to incredible people. And by goodness, when you're with a camera, people actually talk to you. Mm. People, because at the end of the day, you know, we, and this is what journalism taught me, is that we all have a story to tell. But moreover, nearly all of us want that story heard. Now, mm. I ended up doing pretty nasty um, crime stories. And even those people that had perpetuated horrible crimes. They they still wanted people to recognise their voice. Mm. So regardless of what we've done, where we've been, um, we want our story heard. But more so, we want we want understanding. We we want our story to be understood. But what I've found through through my years moving through journalism, moving into into corporate communications and the coaching, is that we we hide and we use the very barriers that often block us in our lives and our lives progression to actually to actually hide so at a, at a time when you know energetically the the very core of who we are is is being challenged and we have this this opportunity to redefine who we are and how we experience this new reality this life we kind of need new coordinates because the old stuff isn't working is it where where I can help and that's what I'm here to do um, it can start with us it can start with our spirit and our bravery and it can start with our story. First, so we can understand our own story so that we may help and inspire others to do the same.
0: Well, I'm sure a lot of people listening will identify that. It's kind of one of the m- miseries or problems in the modern world is that we're we're forced to, to live a limiting story, perhaps, which often involves hiding, as you mentioned, conformity and fitting in, playing the game. And, you know, we're children, we, we go through the education system and we look at the world of adulthood and go, where do we fit in? How can I fit in? Where do I find my little slot, you know, in, the, in this great machinery mm-hmm. called adulthood? The problem with that is, of course, that so we start forgetting who we are, isn't it?
1: Or we do forget who we are, and we start, which is what I did. Uh, I started shutting parts of myself down. Mm. I went into journalism because I I love people. I I learn through stories. Stories touch me. Uh, the power of people's bravery to tell stories beautifully touch me. And I went into journalism thinking this is what it was all about. But you know, I ended up on the very very competitive and, and highly toxic sort of television news environment. And it wasn't about so much touching people because I'm a feeler, I'm an empath. Uh, it was about being told, don't come back into this newsroom unless you've got tears on camera. So why I, w- what I thought I was doing was trying to figure out who I was through other people's stories. Uh, it turned into quite a a, a vicious... Uh, environment whereby in order to survive and literally thrive because it was dog eat dog mm. I had to start shutting parts of myself down and that and that came at a huge cost so I I remember seeing this as back in the in the late 90s and uh, of course you know it, it was all about big hair and big lips and big shoulder pads mm-hmm. and I would see footage of myself and I'd be this sort of perfectly presented pretty white porcelain doll being very very professional but there was no light in my eyes
0: mm,
1: i yeah. had shut down to such an extent that i didn't even know who i was i didn't recognize that person but worse i started to identify as like that's who i am i'm i'm her mm. i'm this i'm this ice queen who is sent in to get people to talk when nobody else can make them talk and I started to identify with that woman, and that's why I had to leave. I literally had to sabotage my whole career at the very peak in order to shut down that world. And three weeks later, I just finished a big a big murder trial that took two years of my career. And I, three weeks later after the verdict, I was on a plane, having left my partner, uh, my, my houses, my friends, my very charmed life that I'd built up being a profiled television person. I left it all to try and figure out who the hell was I what, what, what was I? Mm. And I? And I did that by leaving and, and coming to London and starting again as a secretary in the BBC. And believe me, I was bad. I was bad.
0: <laughs> well, I guess a lot of people do hit this pivotal point, don't they? They've, they've built up a life. They've built up an identity, maybe marriage, maybe home, maybe, mm. as you say, a charmed life. and then, But if it's not the life you're meant to live... You have to kind of abort that life. I mean, I recognize that one. I'm sure a lot of people listening will recognize. Even for some people, that life may be painful life. But for some, as you say, it may be a charmed life. But still, we need to abort that life. Can you say something about this transition from your old identity to a new one?
1: It was, um, it felt to me like life or death. It felt like, and I've had these subsequent feelings of, I have to do this or or shut down more parts of myself which to me equates for death because what i know about the spirit and the soul to be true for me is that if if i'm not moving forward then i'm i'm not living mm. if i'm staying in an outdated modality that doesn't resonate that's not that's not feeding me that's not helping myself and others to to to, to, to progress then i'm I'm not where I should be so literally I had to start again and try and figure out piece by piece and let go of a lot of stuff that I really tried to make fit in my life. Hmm. Um, I had to let go of, of 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 a lot of things but the curious thing is you know patterning is very, very hard to break and and what what I did is I pretty much recreated the same model and um, when I came to, to London whereby I was told, you know, you, you're a good reporter and and uh, you look okay, but you sound so uneducated. Mm. Now this is my Kiwi accent, and I've mm. I'm you know I'm a UK UK citizen. I've I've been there for a lot of my adult life, and but you know you take the New Zealander out of New Zealand, but you're certainly not going to take my accent out. Mm. So I I then restarted um, my professional life in in PR, working for the world's largest independent agency, whereby I saw an opportunity because I was seeing the heads of very large companies at the top of their game with brains the size of planets Mm. floundering when put under the spotlight to tell their story. Mm. Now, it wasn't through lack of intelligence, obviously. It was because it is the hardest thing to do, to tell a concise, passionate story. So it's like, I, I know this. I can help here so i set up a business for, for the agency and that grew and grew and grew and i eventually broke that off and that that became that's that's what i've been doing for the last 16 17 years but i pretty much throughout that journey i did the same thing i did within the television news environment i hollowed myself out to be what I thought they wanted me to be, in order to not fail, to succeed, to fit. Mm. Now here I was, I was standing, you know, in this corporate boardroom in these knock-off Louis Vuittons, and I'm just like, "Hang on a minute, my shoes aren't the only thing that's fake in this boardroom."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a powerful, I, powerful, isn't it? Really, that it, following it yourself out to succeed. Wow.
1: I, and I would come away from these. You know, I was earning more than I've ever earned. I was booked heavily. I was recognized, this is after a three-year slog after I left the agency, I was recognized as the best in the business, as the best in London. Mm. Uh, I was acknowledged as such. So why, at the end of these very, very, you know, powerful sessions that I was holding with with heads of business, why was I feeling so, so low? Why was I feeling, you know, bereft? Mm. What was wrong with me? And I'd done it again. I was leading this charmed life. The toll was huge. I would I would pull all nighters to prepare for a session, so I would prove to that CEO I knew more about the business than they did. Yeah. I I would prove that I could at any point with one single line pull the rug from under them. And this is and this was my methodology of methodology of coaching. Mm. This is what I thought was required and this is what was done in the industry at that time. But it left me uh, so far away from myself and so far away from what I now know to be why why I do what I do and why I coach that I had to literally sabotage myself again to get back to who I was and how I coach now in order to get better results at no cost to myself. The opposite I learn we, we kind of co-create together which yeah. is what coaching should be right
0: yeah well, it seems to me, Emma, that there's, there's a whole, whole load of stories being played out uh, in society and in our lives. So, you know, you went through the media, which really is a blood and tears, you know, let's get the blood, let's get the tears, let's find who's the victim, sure let's, well, who's to blame. Good guy, you know, bad kind, guy, right? Polarity. Yeah, Absolutely. And then there are family stories, you know, in my family, it was work hard, struggle, be good, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So we have family stories that we try and play out. Then in the world of work, there are other stories, which, as you mentioned, like play the game, you have to fit in, you've got to succeed, be a team player. There's there's all of these stories going on, but then there's a story of the soul, which we're kind of touching upon in this interview as well, which is a very different one, which is this this is where you had that pivotal moment which is this is not the life i'm meant to live i need to meet, I need to lead another life so it's quite confusing isn't it that we've got all these stories going around the society one the family one the kind of corporate work one you know and maybe when we get married we have to play another one now i'm the good father i'm or whatever or I'm, the, or I'm the bad father you know what about the story of the soul how do we access that
1: the spirit that the, the spirit knows, and we're often given indicators. We're given insights into into what what will allow us to thrive, and we often we often shove those down. Mm. We swallow them. You know, we we uh, we are touched by certain things. We are drawn towards certain people, certain areas, certain countries. We we go. Uh, we 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 get you know we find our, our our passions and our hobbies at the other end of the scale of what we do for a living. So what what does this what does this tell us? And it was you know I, again I I tell a, another story in my journey that hopefully makes sense um, to those listening. Is that here I was working in this again high end charmed coaching. Uh, world and 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 doing well and I'd I'd found I'd found my place I was I was working more empathetically with people and I was working on a on a more on a more soul level if you like but I felt I, I still wasn't I still wasn't there hmm. and it and it took another a, 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 another disruption I didn't sabotage this time so I've learned something clearly um, it's just that my my father uh, had Alzheimer's dementia and it was we were getting really bad and I knew that I was going to need to come home I'm an only child. Come home to New Zealand, that is, after 13, 14 years in, in, in Europe, in London, to come home and, and nurse him. So I was so concerned about being a, a carer and then having to run back to London to work that I thought, I know what I'll do. I'd been living part-time in, in Denmark, uh, in Copenhagen, and I'd been stockpiling uh, design furniture from the 50s and 60s because, again, I'm a, I'm a creative I, both my parents uh, uh, my father was an artist my mum's an artist this is the stock I'm from and I denied that back in in, in in my late teens I did very well I got an art scholarship for example but I was so worried about living this tortured life as a as an artist that I went to the other extreme was like right I, I need structure I need deadlines I need I need a ladder to be able to climb that, that that's how I'm gonna get get around this navigate this this, this world so I went I went to the went to the other end but you know we are never all one thing and what i was finding is that i I, you know i've been drawn to to back into design and art and textiles so i've been stockpiling this this beautiful furniture and so i came back to new zealand looked after my father and set up this this uh vintage or retro furniture business importing containers and containers Mm. of 50s and 60s furniture well this this flew this business flew. I had no experience in retail. I had no experience in importation. I had limited experience in, in, in design. But my passion was that I felt so strongly what I was doing would work. Mm. I trusted my eye and my instinct, my creative eye and my creative instinct. And what that business showed me was that I am not one thing. And if I trust in all those, that the part of me that, that knows mm. – then it will allowed it will be allowed to succeed it will be allowed to blossom because all of me was in that mm. and so here i was i was living this dual life corporate coach in in london and a second hand furniture dealer in wellington new zealand i mean how crazy is that mm-hmm. and the polarity mm. it, you know it it's extreme but this this business, the 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 Scandi business, it showed me to be brave about who I was. Mm. I dressed differently. I looked different. Uh, the Louboutins, the fake Louboutins, went out the window. You know, and uh, Japanese couture boiler suits with Karl Marx insignia went you know went on. You know, I became more of my authentic self—a creative, a person that expresses. Um, my, my my group of friends changed um, I started meeting more artists and more and more healers so the essence of who I was was helped by acknowledging risking and taking that step into a part of me that had always existed I just denied
0: Emma, do you think there's a there are gender issues around living our own authentic story you know are, are there different stories for men and women that block us
1: Yes, definitely. Agenda uh, issues. And, I mean, I've spent a lot of the time that I've been running the business, the the, the coaching business since 2001. I've spent a lot of time working for men because men get resource like me because men are in those positions. Mm. And what I see, I, I, I unfortunately, up you know up to this the point in in working with European CEOs, I work with so few women. It breaks my heart. Mm. And do you, do you know the the, the biggest hurdle? That The women who are, let's say, the global heads of, these are the kind of positions they hold. And they can be a mother of four, have a highly functioning marriage, can be a marathon runner. But, you know, the thing that actually sends them diving under the desk, mm. it's when I start asking about their female narrative. It completely freezes them up. Why? Because they do what I did and they have killed that part of themselves off to fit to survive Mm. to get to where they've got to so men uh, don't need to kill parts themselves off they have a different set of rules that they need to play by Mm. women uh, it's about what they've had to do to survive and where they have had to amputate parts of themselves that are highly relevant for their for their leadership roles um and for their role model roles especially mm. now right especially mm. now
0: do you think that also I, too late I, Yeah, I think I, when, I, when I was working in an organisation one of the things I come across um, this was very odd because it's a spiritual organisation all the leadership was men and the audience was mostly women and the volunteers were mostly women mm. and we tried uh, we realised there's an imbalance here we tried to embrace women in, in positions of power but the women who were coming through were mostly not used to adopting this masculine role and actually it didn't work for them they found it very hard to actually what will my sisters think of me if I step up and become more and they uh, I noticed there was a kind of power issue for the women in that organisation, probably it's very different in the corporate world, but in the kind of spiritual organisation they didn't really want to really fully step into power, they wanted to retain their feminine, femininity, they didn't want to sacrifice it, so that was an issue in that organisation, uh, which eventually was overcome, now the female leadership is, is being held by uh, a brilliant uh, woman who's really holding it beautifully, so somehow Wonderful. the organization's found its way through, but I think it was an organisational issue as much as an um, issue for women actually.
1: Well I mean like female CEO those score higher on humility but lower on confidence
0: right. you know
1: most women don't naturally see themselves as leaders unless they're told do you know what you can go for the job you know yeah. and this is part of what i this is part of the process that i want to be involved in yeah. because i want to help uh, women get out of that perfection trap I think we we know what that means. Get better at the art of self-promotion, and that is not a dirty word. Self-promotion is not a dirty word. It's just not allowing you know or, or, or sitting back and hoping that your achievements get noticed. Be, be, being okay to ask for what you want and what you need um and and really embracing like the the power of connections. Women are great at making those connections because we feel as we've got more water in us. Mm. You know, we we have the feels. We can read a room faster than than any man. Mm. So we have these wonderful gifts that we don't tune into, that we don't learn to, to be our best friends in, in in business or even when we're self-employed or even when we are starting out in our working world. We have all these, all these gifts and we, we play the game and we, we do what we see others doing. And I, I don't believe that's always the right way to, to do because, you know, we are, you know, we, we are not our CV. Yeah. You know, we, we are more than our CV. We are an all-you-can-eat buffet of being. And women are great at being and great at communicating being, you know. So this is what I want to help women get get better at in, in, in daily life.
0: Let me touch upon the power of myth in a way because I think there are powerful stories around us that most people are completely oblivious of. Now, I know in my own life I access that power through... As a kid, comics. I had a great friend who used to get loads of comics. I was always going around his house. He used to give me all these amazing sci-fi comics and all kinds of things. It really expanded my mind, my imagination. And books. Um, I remember reading the Iliad and the Odyssey. Greek Myths was incredible. Mm. Uh, films. I used to be avid film buff. You know, uh, And, of course, growing up now, we're breaking through into a new level of story with film. You've got you know, great films like Avatar. and There was a film dances with wolves that really touched me before I was even on the spiritual journey practically that made me cry deeply i had no idea so i was called by the power of story so really there are stories around that we can access you know don't you don't you feel that people, but when i know it's quite dominated by the hollywood kind of you know uh, formulaic stuff but there are there are still even within that there are still stories underneath that can break through and touch us deeply
1: of course there are right. and like you mentioned dozen with wolves so, so what is it about that film that 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 made you cry
0: it was it. the 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 old tribal ways the deep wisdom it was the shamanic element it mm. was the this guy's connection it was this guy coming from the civil war which was fit in you know he had to fit in you know you, you can't be your unique creative self if you 're fighting mm. an enemy you 're in the ranks you know and he broke out and he found he found this wildness he found nature he found a kind of ancient wild tribal energy which was being destroyed, he realized it was being destroyed and he wanted to see it and touch it before it was destroyed. It was his relationship with this with this wolf that was beautiful, and the whole thing i just it was an ancient way of life that somehow deeply touched me and was calling me back. And I was, a few years later, got very much deeply involved with shamanism. But the story was kind of informing before the actual life was there, if you know what I mean. So, of course. Yeah. And,
1: and, this, is, and this, is the power, this is exactly the power of storytelling. It allows our spirit to come forward, to be seen, to be heard for ourselves primarily, Yeah. for us to then unpack some stuff and understand it and And you you that resonated with you. You didn't know why or how, but it makes sense now, right? Totally. And you know there's and there's this wonderful storyteller, uh, Bobby Bailey, and he says that you know myth or storytelling is a wild way to tell the truth. And, and he, you know he, he he explains it, which I love is that myth is a form of thinking. Mm. And he says again, it's it's a beautiful line, if you're not conversant with myth, your ear is out of tune. Now, again, this is storytelling a myth. It's like what we tell our kids, and it's 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 what we've been raised on because it's a kinder and gentler way to see, to view, to experience the world. It's why therapists, you know, working with children and, and people who've been in highly traumatic situations, they use um, characters or maybe comics or, or animated characters to, to help move through that experience. Mm. And it allows... Us to experience when we're watching films or reading books or, or, or watching a play or going to the theatre, we can put ourselves there, but mm. it's about tuning our ear to the stories to stories beneath, so we can then get in tune to the sto- our stories that that lies beneath.
0: Do you think it's it's a question of aligning with our true story, or is it a question of rewriting an old story into something new?
1: I I think that the the, the spirit. The spirit knows the soul. The soul knows in the direction that it would like to go if we stop messing with it. So it's about it's about listening. It's about feeling, mm. and this is the beauty of of you know mentioned the the work I've done with 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 Ted and TEDx talks, and it, that has been such a privilege. And honestly, the hardest work I've ever done as a coach, because you know TED is not about. Pitching a business, selling
0: stuff—it's
1: mm. about inspiring people to be, think, and do something differently through the power of your narrative, through the essence of who you are, of your story, of your struggles, all of your brilliance and ugliness, and coaching that out of out of out of somebody—it's it's a massive responsibility because it can be their life's work, mm. and it it is and it is the very essence of their soul's direction that you are. That you are coaching, and I, you know, I—it's a massive privilege. Um, you know we are not paid uh, to do this, and I would pay to do this work. Yeah, for it, sure. It is, incre- it is incredible when you help people work through the blocks that stop them accessing their story and wanting it heard in the in the way that is real and and will touch because we all have fears. We we all. We all are our deepest fear is that we're not going to be heard and understood. and And this is again such a privilege to be able to help people to um, be in this platform mm. so that they their story can inspire action in others.
0: I love TED TED Talks. I absolutely love it. When I was in my 20s, I was quite depressed. I was living a life which was not my life, and that led to depression. And when I started hitting this alternative world, one of the things I realized was inspiration was something I needed every day to live you know and to inspire is to breathe in isn't it but to breathe in something a different quality of energy a different quality that 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 touches my imagination and I had a practice of every day of being inspired of you know whether it's music or whether it's books or whether it's going to talks or workshops I needed it just to kind of neutralize my old way of the old stories my old sense of identity so it seems to me that um stories are linked to our, our sense of identity, which is linked to our direction. So if we change the story or align with a new story, we're, feeling, we're aligning essentially with a new identity and a new dire- direction. Would you, would you say that's true?
1: Uh, and absolutely. And it's, it's, again, it comes back to the, which we all have, the, the power of the feels. And we are given these clues. We are, we are given indications, you know. Again, like the the line of a book, the the the, the a word or two in a song that 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 touch us deeply, mm. you know. That that we we might be reading something in a book and we have to close that book and put it down and walk away because it it angers us, mm. it enrages us. Mm. So we are reacting, and that often can be a sign that 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 there is there is there is something else. There is there is something to seek. There is something to To understand.
0: Well, Emma, I know you've got a brief exercise for people just to contemplate to kind of ground this whole discussion inside them. So I'll pass it over to you uh, for a moment. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, I find that again in the coaching work I've done that we we can get pretty good at self sabotaging um, and telling our own story. We can put up a lot of blocks we we are fearful that it's not going to be understood we are fearful that we're going to get it wrong that we are going to be judged and something i do and i work with people to to help move away from that fear is that so if you are reluctant to even talk about your story this is an exercise to com- you know just complete the sentence so i'm afraid people might think i am so just think about that sentence and complete it. I'm afraid people might think I am. That that's a starting point to to really get in touch with with moving beyond that that fear and and stepping in into a place where you can touch that that part of your spirit that really wants to be heard and acknowledged and to thrive.
0: Mm. So Emma, just to finish, could you just say something about the work you're doing with with women, particularly, I guess, in the in the world at the moment?
1: Yeah, I am. Like I said, I've, I worked a lot with with men, and I came back um, and to New Zealand, and I just saw such a um, a, a need. I mean, a, not just in, in my circle, but generally we're a small country and you can see the same kind of people talking in the news media. I'm like, hang mm. on a minute, this is not right. Mm. So I am um, luckily working with with women who are either through their own resource or through their company's resource. They are being empowered to take on new roles of, of leadership um, through the power of their sort of communication um, their mentoring, so that they can get um, more um, more influence in in their world, because this is that the, the p- good storytellers are good leaders, mm. and good leaders are are influencers, and influences can change. So we might look at storytelling as a, just a little add-on to being a, a a good a good employee or a good professional. It's not. It's not an add-on. It's kind of an essential now, mm. because we all have the you know the ability and the responsibility to do to do our best by ourselves, but also to help to help others. And that, that you know that, that if the light is allowed to shine through you and your story, it can't it can't do anything but help and inspire others. So this this is what I'm doing with with women, and uh, I'm yeah. It's it's a, it's a, it's amazing work it's amazing work
0: brilliant well emma thank you so much for speaking with me and just to remind people your website is hpmedia.com and uh yeah link will go out with this podcast and we'll do tea when you're next in the uk emma
1: i look forward to that maybe we can find a hobbit cafe or something like that
0: Ooh, lovely (laughs) okay (laughs) Thanks.
1: thanks steve